Hey everybody, you're listening to Don't Be Afraid of Your Dreams, the podcast where we talk about the movies we love and the monsters we all face. I'm your host, David Anderson, and today is October 28th, 2020, A Course in Fearicles, Day 28. With me today is theater maker and devout homosexual Anthony Methvin, who resides in San Diego. Hi, Anthony. Happy Halloween. Hi, David. Happy Halloween. How are you? We've had a hard time getting together, so I'm glad that it's finally happened. The world, the universe has been throwing crisis after crisis at us. It was almost starting to feel like it wasn't meant to be, but finally... We're together. The gods are finally smiling down on us. Finally cooperating for once in 2020. (laughs) I feel like your relationship with horror and possibly Halloween, but we'll consider those two things separate at this point, with horror is a little different than mine in that you came around to it a little later in life. You're a late in life halosexual or horror sexual, maybe. Is that true? It it absolutely is. I feel like when I was a kid, I was very um, attracted to kind of spooky things. I enjoyed Halloween and kind of spooky movies and things like that. But at the same time, there was something kind of at the core of me that felt like a fraidy caddish about things, which, you know, now that I'm thinking about it may have been a bit performative, (laughs) honestly, when I think about it. But like, I have very distinct memories of my cousins, right? Because I was a child in the 80s, right? So my cousins like forcing me to watch the thriller video and me screaming and kicking and I don't want to, I don't want to. But then, you know, the credits roll and then you get to the end. And remember there was the, uh, the documentary that would always play like right after the video. And that is when I would like things would switch and I would be fascinated by how it all got put together. So I think there was always like that pull. But at the same time, I avoided I avoided horror stuff. And I I think I had a pretty tumultuous time, you know, as a, you know, a gay teenager growing up in Florida and then a guy in my 20s who had no idea what the hell I wanted to do with my life. And everything felt kind of chaotic in a way that I didn't feel like looking at kind of like chaos or like fear in horror was fun when I was scared about literally everything that was happening in my life and not being able to understand it. But uh, over the last, like, I would say 10 years, when I got into the relationship that I'm in now with my husband, and I moved out of New York City over to the West Coast, just bit by bit, I would start like peeling back the layers, you know, it would be like watching Suspiria and going, oh, wow, like, there's something here beyond the violence, there's this beauty that I was never able to tap into and the the imagery and the metaphors that I always was kind of blocking out because I had this idea that had just grown over time about me being too afraid to watch it. So then once that door opened and that floodgate opened, I really started really, really leaning into the horror genre. And then being in Southern California, I went to Not Scary Farm for the first time and had the time of my life. That kind of just like opened up this entire world to me that I had I had kept a door shut to. And I think that that's kind of like sad. Like I feel bad for that, you know, that that whole amount of time where I kind of I didn't let myself kind of like give over to these darker pleasures. It makes me it makes me a bit doleful. Well, you're making up for lost time and it sounds like you're living deliciously now. And how? 
right? No use crying over <laughs> spilled milk. Take that milk and make butter. <laughs> Deliciously sinful butter. <laughs> well, I wanted to talk to you about the haunt world because you and I connect on a lot of things, but that is something we share for sure, is a love of haunted events around Halloween time. And that is something I am so, so missing this year in particular. So I want to talk about that. But I feel like you've been doing a good job of scratching that itch by attending some of the kind of reimagined drive through versions of those events this year. Tell me what you've been to and what that experience has been like. It's been really fascinating. I And I think, you know, once again, because we're both in Southern California and in so many ways, we don't get the kind of like Northern change of the leaves and all of kind of like the beautiful crisp autumn days. We don't get that part of the fall, which, you know, is a little bit sad. But I think in Southern California, in its own way, is kind of the heart of Halloween in America, because we have all of these events that happen and these conventions that happen and these filming locations that are everywhere. So I think that we've been lucky and that we've had a lot of these haunts trying to innovate. And here's what I'll say, to be very fair, I, I've, I've attended three, four actually different kind of haunted events, and all of them I have enjoyed, but none of them have completely filled in kind of the whole that's been left by not having Scary Farm, not having those events the way that I think we're used to experiencing them. I went to one called uh, Urban Legend, and they did a really great job. You would drive in, and you would stop the car and turn it off, which I was very worried about. because It was like a drive-in haunt. We're just going to run over people when we get scared. But we stopped, turn off the engine, and we were in these different environments that were all based on different urban legends based in Southern California. So we there's one section we were down in a mine. There's one section where folks are out looking for Bigfoot, that kind of thing. And they did a lot of kind of production design work to try to make us feel like we were immersed in some kind of environment as much as we could be with like 30 other cars in a group. And they did a good job. But the, the funny thing about being in a car for a haunt is that even with the windows down, they're still you're still in a kind of in a bubble. So it's hard to get those juicy endorphin jangling jump scares. I think part of what I love about haunts, because I come from the world of theater, to me, haunted events are theater. It's a, it's a form of theater. And you don't have soliloquies, you don't have dialogue, you know, in the way that we're used to in the theater, but you are immersed in an environment that's happening all around you. And everything is, is designed and everything is choreographed in its own way. Timing is important. That human connection is so important. So to me, it's, it's a form of, of theater and a very specific and special one. You're so right. That's the closest equivalent. It has to be, as opposed to comparing, you know, a haunted house or a haunt event to a theme park ride, let's say. It really is a version of theater. Absolutely. A live, it's a live performance and maybe hundreds of micro performances every single night. Totally. Do you think because there is an element of theater to it, that's why you respond to it? Because that's your background and something you're passionate about anyway. So it's kind of like a blending of those two things, meaning horror and Halloween and live theater. Well, it was, it's interesting. I remember going back in college. The only time I'd ever been to one of these uh, haunted events, I went to a Halloween Horror Nights in Orlando uh, with a group of my friends during college. I, I still have yet to go uh, Halloween Horror Nights since then. So at some point we need to... Uh, we need to go to one together. Yes, yes, we will. We shall. I'm a, I'm a Nods boy. But 
I very specifically remember walking in, having someone with a chainsaw come out of the fog, and I just started screaming and running. I left my friends. <laughs> we had just literally walked through the gates of the park, and I just jetted off running, and it was instinctual. And I just, I ran, I ducked into a store and I crouched down until they found me like 20 minutes later. And I didn't move from that spot. And then the rest of the night, I, there was this strange, I, I can't say that I was enjoying myself, but I was fascinated and I certainly didn't leave, but I didn't quite know how to process it. So fast forward like 15, 20, Lord help me, years until I got here and started going to Scary Farm at Knott's. And I think that that is a lot of what was kind of like a, a key in to that event for me is I was literally looking around for a moment and going, whoa, the production design work is beautiful. Like whoever's building these sets is doing really stunning work. And I think that appreciation for performance, that appreciation for lighting, for sound, for set design and all of those details, it gave me a way in. But I think what is what is really cool for me about experiencing a haunt is that in a theater, eight times out of 10, you're sitting down and then across the fourth wall on that stage, there are folks putting on their show and there is this separation between audience and performance. When you're in a haunt, you are in the middle of it. You're smack dab in the middle of this experience. I think, you know, as I am continuing to move through my career in theater, I'm taking so many elements and thoughts and things that are exciting to me about how do we bring that experiential movement through a haunt? How do you take those elements and bring them into your work in a theater? Because Part of what's so amazing about theater is that you are in the, sa in the same space as the performers, right? The performers in the audience, they're sharing the space, they're sharing oxygen, they're sharing an experience, and it feels so alive in that way. The haunts have really influenced kind of what I've, what I've wanted to do in theater. Whether it be a more traditional walk through haunted house or a more immersive show, that kind of live element of it transports me in a way that just watching a movie or some other kind of more passive form of theater does not. And I also respond to what you're saying about production design. That's what I really appreciate and gravitate towards, much like a horror movie. To scare us is probably kind of a tall order. To actually make me feel like I'm in danger, sure, I might get like a rush of adrenaline there might be a jump scare element that I enjoy, but I'm not looking to really be scared and terrified, but I love that feeling of being transported to another world and the detail and thought that goes into building these spaces. And the great ones also have a really strong element of story, even in a traditional walkthrough haunted house without, let's say, dialogue being delivered, you still feel like you're being walked through this experience. And I just love that in a way that I don't love anything else quite the same way. <laughs> It's a singular thing, and it's such a special... I literally look forward to September and October every year to get to have those experiences. And part of what I think I love about what Knotts does is that every one of those mazes is original, so it's not IP. And so you don't... I don't walk into it expecting something that's going to parallel a movie. And I think with Knotts, too, there's something a bit more, a bit more whimsical. I think their edge is a little bit... It's not quite as hard. And that's not like a value judgment. <laughs> and, 
but I I do love me some whimsy. Yeah, well, I love that you gravitate towards knots because you didn't grow up with it the same way oh. I did. I grew up in Southern California, so I went to it as a kid. There's a kind of homespun quality to knots, and I mean that as a compliment that some Absolutely. of the, the other events don't have. And because... Again, like you said, we're in Southern California. We don't get that real autumnal Halloween-y feel. And I think I love traditional Halloween. Like that's what I want, at least to be included as part of an experience like that. But when I go to a Halloween Horror Nights, which I love, I don't get that feeling. Whereas Knots, I think, does a good job of really bringing Halloween to their Halloween event. Whereas Horror Nights, especially in Hollywood, is a totally different animal. And there's more kind of like an aggressive metal testosterone flavor to it that I don't personally identify with at all, let alone identify with Halloween. Totally. So that's not really my like dude bro vibe, <laughs> believe it or not. But I will say I do love I do love some of their IP based houses because these are movies that I grew up with that are very um, special to me. And so when I get that feeling of walking into something that feels like a movie that's been meticulously recreated that I can walk into, I really, really respond to that. But that's delicious. The times that I get a little bit like rueful about not making it to um, HHN has been like, oh, well, ding, dang. I wish that I had gone through the trick or treat maze. Like when it's a movie, when it's an IP that I have a strong connection to and I didn't, you know, make it through the maze. That's when I start to kind of get like, well, maybe this is the year. And every year they throw out one or two that I'm like, maybe this is the year that I need to go. Uh, well, maybe this is the year that I need to go. It's insane to me how much I've missed, how much I've missed my haunt season and how much a part of my year and my life it is. And it's it's crazy to me to not have that that incredible release. It's been really weird. And so as grateful as I am for people just making something happen, it just, it hasn't quite been the same. I'm sort of mourning the loss of our haunt season and talking to you about it because I know how much you relate to it is making me miss it even more <laughs> this particular moment. But I also would like to acknowledge all these creators who are trying to find ways to make it work and to give us that experience and to kind of stretch the form, if you will. And with your background in theater, I think you're having your own version of that experience, right? You're like, this is not what we were doing before. What has this become? Absolutely. You know, the artistic sector is really suffering right now. You know, theaters and any kind of especially performing artistic endeavor is really struggling. So the fact that they found a way to make it happen, I, I applaud them so much. I have found myself grateful. Yes. And I have to believe that even more so than any other year, the motivation for doing these events is really like for the love and the joy of it, because I doubt anyone is, you know, getting rich. <laughs> off of these events yeah. so i am also grateful um for the effort and the pure the pure love that is being poured into these experiences to make sure that we have some version of halloween and we hope that this year is a blip on the radar and an exception not a new rule right it has to be i mean it has to be <laughs> i i've been i've been living this year like worried like my halloween starts on literally july 5th july like july 4th happens july 5th is the beginning of halloween season right because i'm always watching horror movies but the second that july 5th happens it's like everyone knows it's officially halloween if you're around me and and it's just building up so since july 
when we were already in the middle of kind of like crazy lockdowns, I've been going, holy moly, what's it going to be? What's it going to be? Is there going to be nothing? What am I going to do? But it, it's been really amazing to watch the way that people in suburban areas are like building tubes that look like sandworms from Beetlejuice to drop candy down so that kids can still trick or treat and to to watch, you know, these haunted events keep you in your car and make it happen anyway, or to listen to your podcast every day, give me just a little jolt of spooky joy. Like people are finding a way to continue to, to let Halloween happen. And I think that that is, that's such a testament to what Halloween means for folks that it's not just candy or it's not just like dressing up in your I'm a sexy bunny costume. It's like something that is and can be healing and it can be a release and it can be, you know, it's about gathering and it's about sharing experiences with people in, in any way that you can. And it's about exploring the darkness. You know, what what does that teach us about our own lives? And I think in a way that this year has allowed me specifically, but I think a lot of us to kind of expand what Halloween does for us and for our culture, you know, more than just candy on the shelves at CVS. And I think that's a good thing. Now, that doesn't mean that in 2021, <laughs> I don't want to be able to go back to knots and to, you know, do all of the things that have become traditions for me. But it's just like you said, it's like, you know, the spooks find a way and we've found a way to make it happen. And I think that it's made the things that we've been able to do special and mean something. But I think we'll all be grateful when we're able to have experiences on the other side that feel more akin to what it was back in the day. <laughs> I think you're so right that, you know, in any other year, there's maybe kind of a tendency to just kind of walk through Halloween, go through the motions and phone it in and do what we've always done. And I think this year has forced people to not only get more clever, but to be kind of more present with what Halloween means and brings to our lives. And that's a real kind of profound thing. I think in some ways, Halloween is different this year, but more important and bigger, if you will, than it has been in years past, because we're all rising up and finding ways to celebrate it absolutely it was like last night we my husband and i and two of our friends who are in our small bubble every year we carve pumpkins together and we did it this year again we have a cute little porch we put our pumpkins out and we all carved our pumpkins and we had cider and we watched uh it's the great pumpkin charlie brown and it it it's true it all hit differently watching linus right sit in the middle of that pumpkin patch out of this pure and unwavering love for this thing that he cares about so much, no matter what is happening, no matter who's telling him how stupid he is, no matter who turns their back on him until 4 a.m. And he's like chattering, right? Like freezing cold. He is holding out faith in this thing that can't be seen. And there was something about having that experience, watching that in the middle of this year that hit different. And I watch that thing every year. I played Linus when I was like 11 years old and Snoopy, right? But all of a sudden this year watching it, it just landed in a way that felt so powerful. And I think that, you know, we're all going through it right now. And I think having experiences of once in a generation periods, which is what we're living through, it's going to make things resonate differently. 
I think we get to choose to kind of snipe about it and get annoyed with it. And I've done plenty of that too. But also I think it's important for us to try to find the ways where that resonance can be, you know, a good thing, that it can feel more meaningful, that it could feel more joyful, that it can feel more special. I was not in a particularly grinchy place. Nevertheless, hearing you reflect on that now has made my Halloween heart grow 10 sizes like the Grinch. I feel like my tank has been refilled. I really do. (laughs) Thank you so much for that. So let me ask you, it's a mere couple of days away. What's Halloween night going to look like for you? The one thing that I'm not into about Halloween is dressing up costumes. I almost never do it and I don't really enjoy it when I do. And because there's no real trick-or-treating around where I live, more and more the actual Halloween night has become, even before this year, something that's been more like kind of contemplative. And usually I just, I get that last bag of Brock's Autumn Mix. I open it up and I dump it into a bowl and I sit down and I watch Great Pumpkin again, because you can never watch it too many times. And Witch's Night Out and Mad Monster Party and the Paul Lind Halloween special, which is very important as a gay man. And just kind of like live in that kind of joyful place. Like I said, I celebrate it from like July 5th. And then I have two months of Christmas because I love, I love Christmas. Me too. But then honestly, like January hits, you know, I'm up to my spooky tricks again, right? And then it just starts intensifying in in July. It's like this kind of build up to this night where I think a lot of people really enjoy that night of transformation or that night of being able to be someone that you you can't be for the rest of the year. I don't get the same kind of jolt from that. And so the actual night of Halloween, more and more, I find myself in a really lovely way, kind of like turning inward. It's been kind of great to have that time to reflect and just to kind of exist and, and appreciate the experience of, of the year that I've had leading up to it. So that's, that's where I'm going to be. What are you going to do? I, I love the way you said that. And that's kind of what the experience has become for me, too. It really is that transitional time of the year when we move into winter and it feels like everything draws in and you go into more internal space. And there's also a coziness and a hominess and a comfort to Halloween for me that I'm not sure a lot of people experience or lean into and that a lot of people associate more so with Christmas, which I also love and get the same feeling from. But I also really get that from Halloween. There's a warmth to it that I'm not sure everyone experiences quite that way. But I'll tell you what I'm going to do, and I'm a little afraid to reveal this to you. I have never watched, <gasps> I've never watched the Paul Lind Halloween special. Is your, no. ma- is your mouth agape? You were silent for a second. So. <laughs> you, could, you could literally hear my, my jaw just like unhinge in that moment. The idea that you are going to be able to experience that for the first time fills me with so much happiness. <laughs> I just, I would give anything to be able to be on a couch next to you when you soak that in for the first time, you're going to just, you're going to lose your mind. I want that too. And now I'm, I'm not sure that I should watch it. And maybe I should wait till we can do that because I want to bask in your gay magnificence <laughs> and Paul Lynn's at the same time. But I, you know, Halloween, again, without trick-or-treaters, I've never been, sometimes I'll have a party, but I've never been about going to like West Hollywood or any kind of big kind of carnival-y type event that doesn't feel like Halloween to me. Similarly to you, I go within <laughs> 
for Halloween. And I'm content to just be in on the night, make a special meal, watch some of my favorite movies and really just soak it all up. I love the way that you kind of talk about that turning inward, because I think for a special breed of people who love Halloween and Christmas, (laughs) that it really is. It's like, that there's like that turning point where there's a kind of contemplative quality to that holiday season that starts on Halloween. And I get to like get all my screams out in September and October, especially, and just like ride it really hard. And I love all of that. And then it does feel like Halloween is like turning a really beautiful page. And I think this year is like, we need that more than ever. It really is at its core about that cycle of death and rebirth. And to some people who have a hard time being that earnest about things, that feels like maybe an overreach, but it's, it's real and it's grounded in something real. And there's a reason why we have these rituals and traditions as part of the human race to experience life together and the passage of time together and the rhythm of the world together. It's really, really powerful. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. Well, Anthony, I love you and I'm not afraid to say it. I have so enjoyed this conversation. I've so enjoyed getting to know you better and celebrating Halloween with you all month long. And I know that this is a beginning and not an ending and that that will continue. And if nothing else, we'll talk about the Paul Lind Halloween special. (laughs) David, this has been an absolute joy. Your podcast this month has been a little gorgeous beacon of of spooky joy every day and and it's just been so needed and i'm so grateful for it and 2021 i am dragging your butt to not scary farm with me it's a date you're gonna put in your calendar now it shall be an ink it has been decided it has been decided consider it done you don't have to drag me anywhere I will be there. (laughs) Yeah, drag me to hell. hell. And that is exactly what I need to look forward to. So I will see you there. And in the meantime, I wish you the happiest Halloween. Happy Halloween, David. (laughs) This show is an Unreliable Narrator production. For more information, visit unreliablenarrator.org.